Welcome to Innovate at Open, the podcast that explores open source through the lenses of distributed collaboration, collective invention, and technology creation. I'm your host, Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat. Hello, this is Gordon Half, technology evangelist at Red Hat, and welcome to another edition of the Innovate at Open podcast. And today I'm here with Martin with Chronosphere to talk about open source and metrics. Welcome, welcome, Martin. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Gordon. Um, hey, everyone. My name is Martin. I'm currently the CEO co-founder of Chronosphere, where we provide a hosted SaaS monitoring solution for cloud-native businesses to monitor their infrastructure, applications, and business logic as well. Uh, previous to Chronosphere, I led the core monitoring and metrics team at Uber for four years, where we built open source tools such as M3. And I'll have link in the show notes, did a previous podcast with Martin at the last in-person KubeCon, which seems like a hundred years ago <laughs> at this point, uh, where we talk a lot about what some of the challenges were in terms of open sourcing and internal tool and that kind of thing. So I encourage folks to check that out as well. Now, Martin, as a former analyst, I somewhat boringly perhaps tend to think about definitions and how you carve up markets quite a bit. And we're talking about metrics, and a really hot area right now is the whole area of telemetry and observability and logging, and yes, metrics. And some people sort of lump metrics in with all those other things. Others like to think of metrics as something sort of separate. So how do you think about the landscape? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Gordon. I think if you look at how our broader industry has evolved over time, you know, logs uh, and also metrics have been around for a very long time. It's not a recent phenomenon by any uh, sorts of, uh, you know, any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, we've had logs by itself for a very long time. There are very various use cases off of logs. You know, there's a lot of security-based use cases, a lot of debugging-based use cases off of that. Metrics in a similar fashion has been around for probably 20, 20 plus years uh, already, especially as an industry by itself as well. And I think what, what may be different from metrics uh, to logs is that logs, if you think about the use case, there is very verbose um, logging, I guess, or verbose output of, of the details of events that have been occurring, whereas metrics is much more around sort of numerical measurements uh, and and measurements that you would use to notify one when something goes wrong. So I think different data type underneath the covers and different use case there. Uh, More recently, we've heard a lot about, as you mentioned, observability. Uh, And generally, when we talk about observability, there is an introduction of a third underlying data type, which is a distributed trace. So a, a a recording of a request through multiple services, perhaps. And that is yet another fairly different, distinct underlying data type that will help 
um, uh, end users uh, and developers, you know, debug and gain visibility into their systems. And really the term around observability has been to um, lump all three of these together because it's not that one replaces the other. You sort of need to use all three for different parts of your debugging and notification and, and triage workflows that you would normally go through. And of course, uh, Uber has been very involved in distributed tracing space as well. Yes, uh, 100%. So, you know, the Jaeger project, which is um, one of the CNCF graduated projects, originated from the same observability team inside Uber um, as well. Um, but yeah, uh, it, you know, it, it is definitely a project that came from there. And, and inside Uber, we, we actually had three or three, you know, we had a logging system, we had a metrics based monitoring system, and we had a distributed tracing system as well. And actually, we called the whole organization the observability organization. So since this is a podcast about open source, let's turn specifically to open source and metrics. What's mm-hmm. happening in the space? Yeah, I think what we're seeing in this space, and especially with the rise and prominence of you know cloud-native architecture, so microservices on container-based technology, and in particular Kubernetes, I think what we're seeing is a, a new standardized tool uh, that is being used now uh, across the board uh, to solve your metrics-based monitoring problems. Uh, and that tool is Prometheus. Um, and, and if we look at it, Prometheus was the second graduated project out of the CNCF behind Kubernetes. Uh, and it is the de facto tool that that pretty much everything in the ecosystem integrates with extremely well. Uh, and it is pretty much the tool that everybody uses when they get started. And it is uh, a tool that was designed um, in particular for these types of environments, I, I would say. And of course, it's open source. So what was it about Prometheus that made it sort of become the standard like this? Yeah, um, I think if you look at the design of, of Prometheus and compare it to perhaps the previous generation of open source metrics, uh, monitoring based tooling, things like Graphite, for example, Prometheus is a very uh, label or tag based approach uh, to the metric data itself. And what that sort of allows you to do is to insert a number of different dimensions into your metric data, and you can sort of start to pivot uh, and aggregate and get different groupings and views of your data based on those dimensions. Uh, and, and the beauty of it is that these dimensions aren't ordered in any way, which means you can sort of group and regroup and aggregate in any fashion that that you would like. Um, and it sort of allows for better discoverability as well. And I think in particular, this model, whereas if you compare it to the old models like Graphite, where you know the the information structure around the metric was very, hierarchy based um, and discoverability was much harder and it wasn't as easy to be able to group in different ways. I think this new tag label based approach is just better suited for a cloud native architecture where you have a lot of different microservices, a lot of different container based technologies where you do want to do this grouping and slicing and dicing uh, a lot more often. So just it's a better suited tool uh, for the types of things that we are monitoring these days. Now you've talked about uh, this idea of a shift in control where data acquisition is controlled by users today. Can you expand mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, 100%. So if, if you look at Prometheus, as I mentioned earlier, pretty much everything, almost everything, if not everything in this cloud native ecosystem, uh, including Kubernetes itself, is 
already uh, it comes already instrumented um, itself. So it is all of these pieces of software you're using, the network meshes using, everything else is already emitting the monitoring data, is already instrumenting all of that for you already out of the box, and all of it is happening in the Prometheus format. So that in itself is is very different from perhaps how uh, the world was pre-cloud native, where there was a lot of dependence on, you know, um, black box agents controlled by vendors that would do things like bytecode instrumentation, things like that. So it's, I think the, the industry has, first of all, shifted in the sense that everything that you would use off the shelf is already instrumented, and it's already instrumented in one standardized format. Um, and I think that, that you know, um, removes that sort of allows everybody to, uh, to to get access to the same amount of data without, and it's all open source, so you don't need to rely on a, on a proprietary vendor to go to go get that. And I think also, if you look at the broader cloud native um, ecosystem as well, it's not just the, the software you'll get off of the shelf. A lot of the uh, monitoring for custom applications sort of get produced for you as well. So if you think about how our modern applications talk to each other, how microservices talk to each other. It's always through an RPC protocol or, you know, some sort of proxy or an, a network mesh. And all of those infrastructure pieces are also emitting monitoring data on behalf of the microservice or the application itself. So again, out of the box, uh, if you're just using these, these protocols or these proxies, you automatically get things like the request count, the, the error rates, the latencies on behalf of the application. So from an instrumentation perspective, um, a lot of it comes for free and there's no dependence. It just comes with the community and with the open source uh, tooling there. There's no dependence on any proprietary vendor to provide any of that, um, which, which you know, is, is fantastic. Well, there's still a, sort of a lot of overlapping projects in the telemetry space broadly. We are seeing some consolidation with, for instance, the open telemetry project, for example, bringing a couple of uh, now sub-projects together. But I think there's a general theme in the cloud-native space that there is a lot of complexity there. And as we saw with Kubernetes, there's a fair appetite to uh, to just decide on a solution yeah. and iterate on that particular solution rather than spend years with different projects yeah. that do over at least overlapping things uh, fighting out. And we obviously saw this with containers as well, with the standardization yeah. of originally the Docker format, now the uh, Open Container Initiative. So how, how do you view, how do you view that go, that sort of dynamic going on? Yeah, it's it's the exact same as you have described. So you know, as as I mentioned earlier, Prometheus is the second graduated project, and I think the the CNCF in general does a great job not introducing a lot of confusion and conflict there. Uh, so I think from a pure metrics and monitoring based perspective, that is the standard now. Uh, you mentioned another project, which is Open Telemetry. So that that is a, another project that doesn't conflict, I would say, with Prometheus in any way. It's it's almost a, a a client instrumentation library that is used for both distributed tracing and metrics monitoring. In fact, uh, I believe it will be Prometheus compatible. So they won't necessarily conflict. It's just they're sort of um, they're fairly complementary to each other. 
Now, at the same time, you have talked about there being a complexity explosion in the volume and in the complexity of metrics because of the different dimensions. Again, could you sort of expand on that a bit? Yeah, for sure. I, I think if you look at, um, especially from a monitoring perspective, the things you are trying to monitor is, you know, uh, the infrastructures, the underlying VMs and containers that everything runs on. Uh, you do want to monitor all of your applications. So these days, all of the microservices uh, that you are running. And you sort of want to monitor the, the business as well at a top line, right? I, th I think what we're seeing now is that, you know, it isn't a one use case solved by one microservice pattern anymore. It's sort of one business use case is, is implemented or solved by many microservices. So you sort of also need that business top level business or end user view as well. And if you look at all of that, and, and if you look at modern cloud native architecture with a lot of microservices running on containers, you know, unlike the world where there'd be one application, one monolith running on a single VM, um, when, when something happens there to that one VM, you know what the impact is because it's your monolith, your application that's running on it. Those, those mappings are much harder um, to understand these days. You can imagine if a container dies these days without knowing which microservice is running on that container, you don't necessarily know what the impact of that um, is or you, know, you don't necessarily know uh, without knowing which, which end user business use cases are, are being impacted by that microservice. You also have a bit of a gap there. So I think what we're seeing is that in the modern architecture, there's so much more of a need to have all of this data in the one place. Um, but also we're starting to see um, a, a, like a, a sort of, I would say a mix or, or a, a overlay of different uh, dimensions of data across these use cases as well. So it's very common these days that, you know, for one of your microservices, you're not just looking at the latency, but you want to look at the latency for zone A versus zone B, or you want to look at the latency for cluster A versus cluster B. Uh, and a lot of that is from the underlying infrastructure and that's sort of bleeding over into the microservices. So I think what we're seeing is because of this bleeding um, across the different uh, use cases, what you generally find is that there's a lot more high cardinality data, right? I, I want to break down the the latency metric um, by all the different ways my infrastructure is set up. I want to perhaps break it down by the different ways I serve my customers. So maybe having different latencies per uh, geography that my customer is, you know, something like that. And I think that adds a lot of complexity in, in, that, in the monitoring world that, that results as high cardinality data. So there's a lot of dimensions and that produces a lot more data. Uh, but not just that, I think if you, and, and you mentioned this earlier, Gordon, that the volume of data increases, right? Like if we, if we take an example of a single container, it's emitting as much monitoring data in terms of CPU usage, memory usage, disk usage, as a VM did before, right? But now you have many, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 or hundreds of containers running on a single VM. So just the overall amount of data is also exploding um, up into the right um, uh, as well. Uh, and, and, and not just that, this data now is, is very ephemeral, right? Like the VM used to live around for a very long time. These containers now are being deployed multiple times a day. So you have a lot of data being produced and it's very short lived. And all of a sudden there are new containers with all new sets of data being produced as well. So as you can imagine, all of this in combination uh, definitely leads to more complexity, but also much larger volumes of data and much more um, complex and high cardinality data that comes out of that as well. 
So you're talking about storing a lot of data, and I forget who first said this, but I, I love the quote that data that you don't do anything with has negative ROI. hundred yeah. percent. So, so what are, what are what's what are you? What are others doing to more effectively use this data? Yeah, that is a fantastic question, and you're completely correct. Uh, <laughs> Data that has no use is is definitely uh, sort of dead weight and negative ROI. And we see this very commonly in the monitoring world in cloud native environments. As I mentioned earlier, right, but by default, most of the monitoring systems out there that you would either run yourself or you, you would purchase, they have a default data retention policy for all of the data, right? And, and generally all of this data is stored for 13 months and the end users doesn't really get much control over that. Now, if you think about the modern Kubernetes environment where, you know, your containers have been deployed multiple times a day, the container only lived around for two hours. So what is the purpose of storing that two hours worth of data for a year from now? I don't think anyone ever goes back and looks for one container, what the, what the, what, what the, um, the, the resource utilization of the container was perhaps uh, a, a year on. So what we're doing both in our open source sort of M3 project and as a vendor from the Chronosphere side is we're actually solving this problem in, in multiple ways. The first thing is that we're allowing our end users to understand what data is being used where and where all of this complexity and high cardinality is going to. So allowing them to understand, oh, hey, 90% of my data does have a pod UUID tag on it. That doesn't seem to be uh, perhaps uh, the best way to treat that. Uh, and then giving them tools to like uh, control that themselves. So making and optimizing the data for the use case itself. So back to that example, you know, perhaps you only actually need to keep the Kubernetes pod level metrics for only a couple of days. So why don't you create a retention policy that says any metric that is for this use case only retain that for two days for me as opposed to a year. And you can imagine the storage costs on that drastically are, are reduced. So it's sort of our approach to this problem is end users have to understand a the data that is being produced, how they're being uh, or how they are using that data, and then being able to action against that and optimize it. And what we focus on from a chronosphere side is to provide the tooling that allows everybody to go and do this. So as we maybe start to wrap this up, let's look to the future. Where are some of the areas that you kind of look out there and think could really still use some serious work? Yeah, I think the way we look at the problem, and, and this is true for the way we tackled the problem at Uber, is we sort of tackled it from like bottom up on the stack, right? Like the first problem that you encounter is so much data is being produced where do we even start to store this so that we don't lose visibility? And a lot of effort and, and, um, and work was put into better, more scalable, more efficient storage systems. The next layer on top of that was, okay, now that we can store all of this stuff, let's start to get more efficiencies out of it. And that's just what we, we talked about just then, which was, okay, what's the point of storing all of this data? You have the system that can do it, that's great, but let's actually make and crank efficiencies out of this um, so that we can continue to scale over time. And I think looking forward, like the problem will continue to move up the stack a little bit more as you solve more and more problems. So 
okay, now when you're talking about using this data and fulfilling queries, uh, perhaps there are particular queries out there that go and fetch way too much data. You're trying to, you know, aggregate everything across all of your pods or, or all of your clusters. And how do we go and help those end user use cases when you're trying to read the data? Uh, and then you continue to go up the stack and like, okay, how do we get smarter notification and smarter sort of triaging tools and things like that? And I think that's the way we've approached the problem, which is it's almost like a, a hierarchy of needs type of thing where if you can't even sort the data, you're not thinking about how you're loading off of it or anything like that. And, and we're sort of moving up this pyramid and solving the problem one step at a time. And, and you know, we're, we're definitely getting past the sort of efficiency component into, okay, now we can efficiently solve this. Let's really get the best sort of end user usage out of this data. Um, and, and again, moving up the stack even further there. Well, thank you, Martin. This has been great. Anything that you'd like to add? I know. Thanks for having me uh, on the show again, uh, uh, Gordon. And yeah, we'd we'll, love to sort of keep in touch and keep you posted as uh, as we continue iterating uh, and moving up the stack there. Great. I hope to see you at a physical KubeCon one of these days. Yes. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for later this year, but let's see. Let's see how that goes. Well, thanks, Martin. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovate at Open. For future episodes, subscribe to Innovate at Open on your favorite podcast app. You can also go bitmason, B-I-T-M-A-S-O-N, dot blogspot.com for show notes, blogs, and a full archive of episodes and more. Thank you for listening. This is Gordon Half, Technology Evangelist at Red Hat.